Sasha. Hey, Courtney. What do sea monsters eat? Um, seafood? No, they eat fish and ships. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's spoop hour. That took so many tries, y'all. The best ones will go at the end. <laughs> By best ones, she means all, all three because they were golden. <laughs> they Welcome. were so funny. Welcome. This is Spoop Hour. We are recording on a Monday evening. This is not when we usually record, and it shows. <laughs> yes, it is Memorial Day weekend, and... We are a paranormal comedy podcast. That's Sasha. This is Courtney. It's important to remember that at the end of the episode. Yes. Remember who's who. <laughs> Yeah, so we're coming out the end of Memorial Day weekend. My brain is fried. I'm very tired. Same. I got out of my car this evening, come back home, and uh, I was, like, filled with overwhelming, like, not dread, but just, like, just overwhelming overwhelm. Yeah. Like, because my seniors have finals this week, and I have to calculate all their grades and be, like, ready to go. Yeah. Um, And then... I have a concert on Wednesday that I'm Ugh. going to, and I've got graduation next week, and the end of the term next week as well, and then final exam week the week after that, and we're also moving in exactly two weeks from yesterday. Two weeks from yesterday. And, which on days. Tuesday, when you all are listening to this, it'll be soon. Yay! It'll be soon. It's like a week and a half, basically. We're, just pray I'm, for us. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm starting to get very stressed out. Yeah, same. Yeah. I'm at the point of stressed out where I, like, can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've done very minimal packing over the past couple of days. My mom was in town, which all of you will know. So, just as a refresher for what our schedule is going to be, today we're doing a full spoop hour. We will be covering a spoopy topic. We have a snack. Sasha is eating it. It's a chocolate croissant. So, if something sounds like flaky, buttery layers of pastry, it's the chocolate croissant. I am also going to be trying to up our volume Thank you for your patience with me. I'm not an audio engineer. I'm doing the best I can. And I think I figured out how to do it because we got some feedback from a listener and from my mom that we're kind of quiet. So we're, we're working on that. And after this week's full episode, we're going to be doing two weeks of just minisodes. So next week's minisode is going to be the spooky thing that happened to us mm-hmm. this week. Namely, we played with a Ouija board. We're not dead yet. We met someone. And you can hear about it. I tried to edit out some of the quiet spots because there were long spots mm-hmm. of quiet, but it should be fun. And then the following week, we are doing our Q&A episode. So we will have all of these recorded by when you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. But just so you know, we still love you. We will. We do plan on getting back to our normal schedule. It's just the whole moving, work nonsense, shenanigans, etc. that mm-hmm. just, you know, we're doing our best. So thanks for sticking with us. We appreciate it. Much love to our new listeners, our old listeners, our medium listeners. Can I take one of these for breakfast tomorrow? Absolutely, these you can. fucking delicious. Yeah, right? Grocery store croissants. Thanks, Giant. And thanks to my mom, who said that Gushers wouldn't be fun when I almost bought Gushers. I mean, Gushers are fun, but these are great. Mm-hmm. Ooh, these are good. Right? I know. Mm. It said best served warm, but like... I this like is, a cold is, croissant. Well, yeah, this is still fluffy and delicious. Mm-hmm. Any Besides the spooky thing that we did on Friday, anything else spooky happened to you this weekend? Actually, not this weekend, but over the past week, I have taken to going up two flights of stairs to use the nicer bathroom in our building. Mm. And usually I'm the only one in there. And the other day I was washing my hands and the door just sort of slowly started to open and it was super, super creepy. But then somebody came in. They were just doing the thing where they were like kind of leaning into it and talking to someone in the hallway. Oh. But it was really unsettling for like four seconds. I was like, what's happening with this door? Is it another toilet ghost? Am I ruined? <laughs> so. Um, 
I guess I didn't really have anything that spooky happen, except that, like, it's Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I went down with Jack to visit Colin and Jess, um, two friends of the pod. They listen to our podcast. Yeah. There's a point when you're driving out there that, like, the... the signal cuts out like mm-hmm. there's no more cell phone service oh, no. <laughs> it's so it's like that part of virginia <laughs> and so and, and colin even said like when you turn on this road basically all service is going to disappear and i'm like uh we'll see and then as soon as jack made like the turn it was like Bloop, we like we're like <laughs> off the grid and, and like, then the man with oh, the God. chainsaw is gonna come right running at you but, but don't worry he's very not the nice one you like watch idyllic out. country road but at the same time it also was like starting to drizzle and whatever mm. and it just felt like you know the highlands of scotland mm. and it was very spooky and mysterious and we were driving up to like a big house on a hill and so it was like <laughs> you know the beginning of any horror movie sure but we had a really nice time but there was like this one point where i was like oh no this is how <laughs> lots of horror movies start with like this cu- is how we all die. You know, two couples going out into the country I will say. <laughs> Who comes back? We all did. We yep. all came back. As far as I know. I right. haven't seen anyone other than you, so. Well, yeah. Since it happened, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so. I know we all came back. They or were, you killed them all. All three of them were still tweeting this weekend. So okay. <laughs> Maybe you're Check. tweeting as them. No. And then the only other scary thing that happened today was that my mom, I went to Ikea with my parents today. And Terrifying. She, well, so that I like that part, but my mm-hmm. mom reminded me of this book called Horror Store, where mm. like the O's have umlauts. And <laughs> it's a comedy horror book that takes place in like a knockoff Ikea that's built on some ancient... Indian t- burial ground, but also a former insane asylum. Oh, good. So it's just, it's called they Horror get Store. Like weird, weird things start happening. I, I have read the book. I do recommend it. It's really funny. Um, but yeah, she reminded me of this, like, as we were walking into Ikea, and I was like, damn it, mom. <laughs> Why? Why? I did remember, so secondhand spoop, my oh. best friend is visiting oh, yes, her family's historic story. farm. I was incorrect in the Instagram post. It's in Delaware, not in Virginia. Mm. But... The, if you'll recall, I believe it's, I think it's in our Friday the Clown Teenth episode, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but she and her sister, when they were younger, were playing with the Ouija board in this scary haunted attic, came down the stairs and then heard a ghost whisper, quiet, and they caught it on video. She was at this farmhouse over the weekend. She sent me a picture of the Ouija board and some really upsetting dolls that are apparently just fucking there. I love it. So, you know, yeah, good times. I want that Ouija board. This is a good Ouija board. <laughs> they're they're all afraid to touch it. <laughs> Put on some gloves and mail it to me. <laughs> Do ghosts respect the sanctity of gloves? I don't know, but it like the design on it looks so cool. Like even oh, yeah. co- even cooler than the 1960s one that I have. I think it might be a little older than the yeah. 60s. I would need to double check. If I, if it doesn't I, it doesn't have the same branding and everything on it. It yeah. looks more legit. I believe that it was her grandparents that they used. Okay. So it would be a generation before, before I think, if I remember yeah. correctly. But I would need to confirm with the person to whom it technically belongs. So. So, that was cool. Yeah. So we are going to be doing a Q&A episode, like I said. But we have still been getting listener mail. Woo! Not just questions. Yay! So, would you but thank like- you for sending us mail. Oh my it's god, thank great. you. It's always great. It makes us feel so loved. Yeah. And that's all we want. Yeah. It's just to feel loved. Even if you just send us, like, mail to be like, yeah. hey, how's it going? Right? Just, like, knowing that people actually listen to our podcast. And, like, it's one thing to see the number tick up. Yeah. But it's another thing to, like, get mail or, mm-hmm. like, I got a great text this weekend from a friend of the pod regarding another friend of the pod. And Aww. both of you might listen to this and be like, oh, God, I've been found You've out. You've been outed. But... One friend found the other friend on a dating app, and under oh. favorite podcasts, it said Spoop Hour. Oh my and god! And I was so excited because I was like, "Yes, free, <laughs> free advertising!" <laughs> <laughs> so if you are here because you saw someone's pr- dating profile and it said Spoop Hour as a favorite podcast, welcome. We're so happy you're here. <laughs> Date our friends. Even even <laughs> we, the person who reached out to us on Twitter and was like, "Can you guys up your volume?" She was super 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 sweet about it and she was like i love you guys it's just i have to crank you up so loud on my phone so i have looked up how to make the volume louder hopefully this episode and the next episode and the episode after that and from now on they'll all be clear as a bell and nice and loud if not again thank you for your patience i'm trying my best yeah (laughs) anyway so thanks for the mail this specifically comes from the deconstructing damsels podcast which is a really great podcast where they take a look at you know damsels in distress and i like their concept yeah, yeah yeah they're great this Deconstructing Damsels host 
used to live in a haunted AF house. Great. And so she emailed us and then I followed up with her on Twitter because I was like, I need to know more, please, please. So thank you so much. So this is what she told me. I've told some stories about living on the Grand Strand, but never told one about Alice Flagg of Hermitage's grave visit at the age of like six. Alice is based in Merle's Inlet and rarely covered on ghost podcasts. Mom took a pic of me over her grave in the late 1980s. The picture was developed. We could see a ghostly infrared looking area at the bottom of the picture. Mm. This was before Photoshop. Then the picture went missing in the hell house. Oh God. House ghosts were not so nice pirates who did things like stop the elevator and set it on fire or move St. Anthony statues down three flights of stairs while we were out. So she was talking to us on Twitter and she was like, yeah, I hope you saw my email about the flag house. And I was like, I know, but I need to know more about these these, these pirates. And so... And also an elevator? Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> right? So according to her, the house from hell where you could hear pirates all night long as they talked about you. mm so they set the elevator on fire between floors, newborns flying through the air over staircases. Oh, God. Two men and one woman. Woman made the men stop torturing us sometimes. Whole area was haunted. To add to the story, the house was located in Merle's Inlet, where pirates dumped their dead on the way to Charleston. Good Lord. There was a lot of hauntings and weirdness for everyone in the townhome community. One person bought Mama's home and the painters shot it up. Heard pirate boot clacks. Hmm. So yeah, so thank you, Deconstructing Damsels podcast. I'm glad your mom no longer lives in this haunted as fuck townhouse. I'm sorry the pirates set the elevator on fire. That's amazing. Right? I'm glad you survived. I'm glad everybody's okay. What, talking about houses, I just remembered another spooky thing. <gasps> oh, no. Um, driving up to this, where we were hanging out this weekend, mm -hmm. there is a house on the property that is, like, this dilapidated building, and it, like, we drove past it, and I don't think Jack had seen, like, he, I don't think he saw it, like, on the way up, uh -huh. but I was looking out the windows, you know, he was just trying to focus on this, like, gravel road. Okay. It was beautiful, like, two-story house Ooh. that was falling apart oh. and it was kind of in the brush and when we were driving back down to town Jess pointed it out again and said that or Colin knows all the backstory because this is where his like parents yes. own yeah mm -hmm. land now it was built by freed slaves oh and so that's how old it is wow like, yeah yeah um, that's a lot and Jess says that it's really cool on. it's just that there's a lot of like <laughs> little critters and stuff inside it so and it was <laughs> raining so we couldn't see it but like there's like on their property there mm -hmm. is this house that's you know old as fuck <laughs> yikes and um, when it's old as fuck you know. it's got a lot of time and to so build now up. i'm like i was all like yee, like I go wanna... do the ouija board there <laughs> exactly all right so our topic today because this is the last week of Mermaid, which we kind of phoned it in for, so thank you for your patience with that as well. We are going to be covering sea monsters, lake monsters, basically any kind of beastie that lives in a large body of water. <laughs> beastie that lives in the seastie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have our episode title. It's Beastie That Lives in the Seastie. So I decided that we could warm up for mm -hmm. this with none other than a very simple little game. Yay, game! Game! So this is one of the simpler games that I've created. Hopefully it's fun. And it is called Sea Monster or Actual Fish. So what's going to happen is I'm going to read you a list of 16 names. You're then going to tell me if it's a sea monster from any period in mm -hmm. history or if it's an actual species of fish. I hope I get this, because I feel like this is what I researched. I know, I'm, right? I'm worried like, that I'm not going to get it. And, and you I'm just talk... were at the aquarium. Oh, yeah, that's true. I did I try was... to I tried to make it hard, because obviously okay. if I was just like, the Kraken, it's super easy. Right. But I did try to make it tricky. Okay. And I would like to thank Tor.com and National Geographic, as well as Southern Fried Science for the list of I think Tor, I, uh, if you and I use the same list from Tor. Oh, no. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see how much you retain from yeah. your Tor reading. A funk. Sea monster or actual fish? An actual fish. Sea monster. Sea monster. Okay, It's nice. a Welsh beastie that looks like a cross oh. between a crocodile, beaver, and dwarf, which are three very different things. Those so I'd, are three very different I'd things. I'd love to see it. <laughs> a funk. A funk. A-F-A-N-Z. A funk. Okay. No pilly goby. That's a fish. Yeah, it is an actual fish. It's a Hawaiian fish that can go from sea to land and climbs walls using its yep. mouth, which, same. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't I've suck heard that of gobies hard. before. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of gobies. <laughs> Sorry. Vampire squid. It's a real. Yeah. Actual fish, mm -hmm. yep. 
It's a small cephalopod in deep sea conditions in tropical waters, and it gets its name from the spiny vampire teeth things on the inside of its mouth part, as I put in my notes. <laughs> mouth parts. <laughs> oh, Courtney, we're going to look up the pronunciation. Bashtkion. <laughs> can you use it in a sentence? No, I'm just kidding. Can oh, you, look, uh, a bashtkion in the water. How do you spell it? B-E-I-S-H-T-K-I-O-N-E. This is a monster? It is a sea monster. Yeah. And in- is it... Gaelic. It's Irish mythology because yeah, I, I couldn't say, fucking say it. I, yeah, I needed, <laughs> forgot to ask the Bic podcast how to we pronounce just, one thing that's in my research. So. We need to hire them as permanent consultants on how to pronounce shit because yeah, we right. are really bad at it. We try so hard and we're so bad at it. So based Kion in Gaelic, <laughs> I'm trying so hard, it literally means beast with a black face. Okay. And it's feared by fishermen for their size because they are bigger than the kraken, which is fucking huge. And they have a voracious appetite. And this was the favorite thing I came across, this beautiful rendition of one. Look at that <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'll post that on the Instagram. That is so crude. I'm like, I love it. Somebody made it in MS Paint and they did a great job. <laughs> All right, next one. Aspidoshelone. Uh, a real fish. Sea monster. Sea monster. Okay. A gargantuan whale, or maybe a sea turtle, that tricked medieval sailors into resting on its back, and then it would drown them. Nice. Good times. Same. Right? Take that, medieval sailors. Right. Blob sculpin. <laughs> real. Actual fish. Yep. This is the real name of the blobfish, the saddest blobbyish fish of them all. Yep. <laughs> So the ones that look like sad, melting old man face, they're that officially... kind of look like the guy who liked the porn tweet. Oh the yeah, Zodiac killer, Ted Cruz. There we go. <laughs> uh, never believed that the Zodiac killer would turn out to be a blob sculpin. Guna Kadate. Um, a sea monster. Yep. According to the Tlingit, which is a Pacific Northwestern uh, U.S. Native American tribe, mm-hmm. it's a, in their myth, the Gunakadate is a mythic fish that brings good luck and prosperity to a starving village. Hmm. Kandiru. Is this a fish? It is an actual fish. This is the alleged infamous penis fish that went up the pee stream of that one dude peeing uh, in the ocean. Yes. It's a parasitic catfish that goes into other fish's gills, human urethras, or any hole on any animal to sate its hunger. And then I it hate eats them it. From the inside. Yeah, especially, I especially hate it now because when I came across it, official name it was like it can also go into women's urethras and I was like no ours are supposed to be safe so don't pee in the ocean guys I hate it at least not where Kandirus live Ikuturso sea monster yep in Finland the Ikuturso is a nightmarish beast who may also That's be the god of war okay. diseases Finland. Yes. yeah I saw no I saw I saw the name and, oh yeah and you were like huh huh yeah your Magander uh, sea monster. Yep. This is the offspring of Loki and Angerboda. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Gaelic. I have no excuse. Also known as the Midgard Serpent. It's the arch nemesis of Thor and will bring about the end of the world when it releases its tail. So I think this is the snake that eats its own tail. Okay. But it apparently also lives in the ocean and hates Thor. Cool. We're learning things. Nice. Chimera. That's a... Oh, oh, oh not like, like a chimera. Possibly. Possibly. I don't know. I mean, chimeras aren't supposed to be real. This is a monster. It's an actual okay. fish. What this is... was tricky because chimeras are also a cryptid, but they're land-based. Based. This is... There is a fish from Japan that is distantly related to sharks that's called the chimera. Okay. Chimera. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Western name. Yeah, they're yeah. Kinda, they kind of look like eels. They're oh. just like a weird kind of eel that okay. lives in deep sea Japan. Sure. <laughs> Kalupalik. Monster? Yep, a super creepy mermaid type thing with eerily long fingernails in Inuit myth. Yes, right? I I think Queen. I I think I added that to my list because I saw the picture on of tour. it com, yeah. on tour and was like, "That's a creepy that's motherfucker." Yeah, I'll a, post that picture on Instagram because that's super creepy. Yep. Whip Ray. Uh, let's go with real animal. That is an actual okay. fish. This is the largest freshwater fish in the world, and it is found in Thailand and Borneo. Oh. It's just a really big yeah. ray, so cool. it's a big mushroom big motherfucker. Ray. Oh, nice. Chlanusi. Uh, sea monster? Yep, it's a giant river leech of Cherokee legend. It also Ooh. has this really great photo that Tor.com used. Uh, <laughs> it kind of looks like he's being eaten by one of those round birth control packs. 
<laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Oscillated ice fish. That's a real. Yeah, it is a yeah. real fish. This one is especially weird because it has clear blood because it doesn't have hemoglobin. Nice. Yeah, it makes it have clear blood. And this is the last one. Coelacanth. Oh, coelacanth. Yep. Yep, it's a real thing. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, it's a coelacanth. <laughs> yep, it's a big yep. scary fossil looking. <laughs> it would help if I could Coelacanth. Coelacanth. I was so confident. I was like, the Gaelic's done. I'm in the clear. Nope. I can just make this all shit up. Nope. Coelacanth. The coelacanth is a big scary fossil looking dude that was thought to be extinct. But, but then it-, it turned up in 1938. Mm-hmm. And it has an electroreceptor in its mouth that helps it find prey. Yep. So it's, it's a really cool dude. Yeah, and yep. you know what it was. So yay. yay. <laughs> These I things tried. happen. I tried so you hard. You tried really hard. I got through the Gaelic somehow. Yeah. And then Coelacanth undid me. There's an O in it. Yep. Don't put an O in there if you want me to say C. Yep. You can get one in Animal Crossing. Don't you mean Animal C Racing? C Racing? No, yeah. Nope. Still. Yep. C. Coelacanth. Oh, god damn it. See, this is... institution. This is where it would have helped if I wasn't just looking at a slideshow on National Geographic of weird fish that have electroreceptors. Right. <laughs> I was like, I bet these fuckers have weird names, and they do. God damn it. Well, Wait. I tried. Yep. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go ahead and yeah. start? Yeah, so I'm going to start out, because I got the sea monsters. You've got the river and lake monsters. Yes. Yep. So I guess to, to start out is, you know, sea monsters long-lived myths, right? When you look at old maps, you often have sea monsters on them. So there, Mental Floss... there be dragons and all. Right. So Mental Floss has a great article about this. So most eye-catching part of centuries-old maps are often not geographical, they're supernatural. Tucked between bloated continents and far-flung islands, medieval and Renaissance map makers sketched spirited drawings of mythical sea monsters. So part of it was decoration, and part of it was a declaration of ignorance. Um, <laughs> I love when they declare their ignorance. Right? So this is from, the Mental Floss took this from an interview from PRI's The World. Uh-huh. They interviewed an educator from the Boston Public Library's map division named Dory Klein. And she said, in the medieval and renaissance period in Europe, people didn't really know what was out there. So your corpus of knowledge came from folklore and the Bible. So in that world, monsters could very well be real, and they were just part of the supernatural landscape. Yeah. Instead of letting the known world blur into blank space as cartographers reached the limit of contemporary geographical progress, they inserted scary monsters as visual signals, both that, one, they had no idea what was really out there, and yes, it could be dangerous. And that makes sense. Right, yeah, it makes sense. Because if you don't know. Right, if you don't know what's out there, it might kill you. Yeah. Even if you do know what's out there, it's still probably going to kill you. The ocean's mean. Right. So let's talk about some sea monsters that actually exist. <laughs> like the coelacanth? Like the coelacanth. Um, <laughs> the first one is the buck-toothed goat shark. <laughs> ghost shark, not goat shark. Oh my god. toothed <laughs> ghost shark. It's only mildly less silly that it's a ghost shark so, than if it's uh, a goat shark. This is why I asked you earlier if you didn't mind seeing anything <laughs> that was upsetting. I find this upsetting, personally. I'm sorry. It just has such a derpy overbite. Yeah, so it's a new species of ghost shark. Ghost shark is already a species that exists, but Mm -hmm. it's a new species that was discovered near South Africa last year. Hmm. They found it. It was nearly three feet, and it's also the second largest species of ghost shark ever discovered. Nice. Then there is this really ugly motherfucker. We'll post a picture on the Instagram. I think he's funny looking. Then I have inappropriate the... responses to things right. sometimes. I was laughing all through the series finale of Pretty Little Liars that I watched this morning. I mean, but that one is understandable. Everybody has an evil twin. That's unacceptable. Right? That's I, such a cop-out. I definitely don't. <laughs> that um, sounds like you're the evil twin. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cannibal corpse worm with monster jaws. Yikes. Um, this was called a bobbit worm, and it was found near the town of Moosoni on Hudson Bay in Ontario, Canada last Jesus, February. Jesus, that's too close. It has massive jaws, and it could have maybe, like, it was a fossil, right? Yeah. So not a real, like, not still living. Right. But its jaw could stretch more than three feet long. No! I know, it's awful. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. See, that's it's upsetting. It's too wide. 
you know, again, a lot of, like, jellies. So they're saying that there's one jellyfish that might be a brand new species. It looks like a UFO. Oh, look at that. Well, I I have always thought that jellyfish might be aliens. This one's upsetting to look at. That's just a dick. I hate it. That's just a penis. Uh, Slimy mollusk known as shipworms have been around since at least 412 BCE when ancient records revealed complaints about the little wood-eating pests investing and ruining entire boats. That's a penis. But giant shipworms called Cuffus polythalamia have remained an unsee mystery for hundreds of years until last year, when researchers were finally able to collect five giant shipworms from a oh, shallow bay giant. in the Philippines. Yeah. They measured from three to five feet, Jesus. so one to 1.5 meters in length. Almost as long and as they us. live face down in marine mud and surround themselves in hard tubular shells that look like elephant tusks. How like men. <laughs> <laughs> this one is also kind of upsetting to look at. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, that's just one of the ones that has scary teeth. Um, this is the Bathiosaurus ferox, which is the fierce deep sea lizard. Also same. Um, <laughs> and it has an MO of burying itself deep on the sea floor from 3,300 uh, 3, to 8,200 feet or 1,000 to 2,500 uh, meters below the water surface. Mm-hmm. When unsuspecting prey swims by, the bee pharynx darts out of the sediment, snatches up the f- meal in its formidable jaws. It it looks like it's smiling here, but it's yeah. also pretty disturbing. Also same. Yeah. I, I like That's how, how I eat. It's like a lavender-colored thing. I'm That's thinking cute. deep sea. They don't have a lot of oh, pigment, yeah. you know? Yeah, because they're so deep down. And it's a little bit blobby because, like, you know, it's so deep down when you bring Ooh. them. I was talking to my parents about this the other day when you, because <laughs> they were talking about going to the fish market in Okinawa, and every once in a while, fishermen would get something that was deep sea, and mm-hmm. they'd bring it back and, like, have it on display at the fish market, and everything would just be kind of, like, bulging because it it's wasn't. It's so deep down there. It's so deep the down. <laughs> so it would just swell. And so I, fe- I do feel kind of bad for this guy. I but they found him. I have never related more to a fish right (laughs) ah yes this one (laughs) he's got a funny face so some deep sea fishers were trawling near portugal last november when they accidentally hauled up a chlamydocilacus agnuinus also known as a frilled tooth shark does it have chlamydia it's got 303 pointed teeth so many teeth. It's frilly sharks. Um, they usually are 4,600 4, feet or 1,400 meters below the ocean's surface. Mm-hmm. And so we don't see them very often. But there it is. <laughs> I kind of like him. He's just like, hi. hi. Then we've also got the goblin shark. Ah. That just looks like a really upsetting kaiju. He's just silly. There is a kaiju who looks like him. Yeah. So they found them off of Mississippi, Australia, Where and some other they places. They are known for their long as Gizmodo puts it, boopable snouts and ferocious <laughs> nightmare teeth. I don't know if I want to boop that snout. You gotta boop the snout. Their skin is translucent, so oh, you, you can, can see, see their into shit. their inse- uh, insides. Isn't yeah, that great? That's yeah. great. It's like those 80s phones. I don't know why Gizmodo classified the Dumbo octopus as a sea monster, because I think that's cute, so to, cute. cute as heck, yeah, right? I will fight them. So they, so they said, sure, they may look cute, but just imagine being swarmed by a bunch of these things. <gasps> Dumbo octopuses Please. envelop their prey with their webbed arms and make a balloon around them and then consume them. Aww. It's like getting smothered to death by a horde of kindergartners. I accept. While the Dumbo octopus is only eight inches tall, anything that eats primarily jellyfish is not to be trusted. This is like that tweet that's going kind of viral right now where it's like $15 million on the other side of the store. What oh. do you do? And it's like four big snakes. Yeah. And someone put, I guess me and my new long dogs are rich. Right. And I'm like, yep, that's how I feel about the Dumbo octopus. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about the giant isopod. I think they're kind of cute looking. I think they're kind of creepy. They look too cockroachy for me. Um, And so the giant isopod, they're kind of creepy claim to fame is that they can fast for five years. Ugh! So they can just live. I applaud that self-restraint. Right. I can't fast for five minutes. Um, anglerfish, that's our, like, usual kind of scary deep sea thing. Real right? talk, yeah. I got my significant other to consent to a couple's costume that's me as an anglerfish and him as literally any other fish. Oh my god. Right? That's amazing. Right? That's so great. Right? That's like the second couple's costume you got to consent to recently. Oh my gosh, I have been working hard. He doesn't like to do couple's costumes unless they're really good. Yeah. He shot down last year my... 
I would be a magician and he would either be my sexy bunny or my sexy assistant. For some reason, he doesn't want to do either of those and he doesn't want to be the trash can to my raccoon. And even when I offer to be the trash can, he still says no. It's neither here nor there. He doesn't listen to this podcast, but everybody find him and tell him that he's dumb for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) So Anglerfish, we know we were all traumatized by that scene in Finding Nemo as Children. (laughs) Viperfish, that needs some braces. I mean, yeah. He's got a bit of an underbite. They're elusive, and when they reveal themselves, it's always a bad time. They have long fangs, which act as a trap. Unsuspecting fish wander into the mouth trap, and it's game over. (laughs) Mouth Mouth trap. trap. It's like you you have a lift, but you said mouth trap. Ghost shark. I talked earlier about the other species of ghost shark um, that that they found. This one is just, yeah, it kind of looks like a robot. It's like, yeah, it's like if you carved a robot shark out of stone. That's what it looks like. This The poor author of this says, I feel guilty including this one on the list since it looks so miserable with this existence. Aww. But let's be real. If you saw this swimming towards you in the ocean, would you greet it with open arms like Flipper? Honestly, I'm scared of dolphins. So. I'm, I don't like dolphins. Yeah. They're rapey and they're mean. Yeah. So like uh, frilled shark uh, chimeras. So this is, yeah, chimeras is their scientific name. Ghost oh, shark. That explains So maybe it. that's what that, you were that trying must, to say. Oh, well, so no, because there's a different thing. Oh, okay. But it is, here, I'll pull up a picture of it. Gotcha. It, but that must be the shark that it's distantly related gotcha. to. Gotcha. Yeah, so they say chimeras are living fossils, which means these dead-eyed creatures have changed very little. The gulper eel has a very un, unwelcomed mouth. I hate this. Look at its mouth. Look oh at my it god, it's like it has a leg. Right? It's got very large jaw. And it has a loud, large gape that allows them to swallow extremely large prey. It looks like a pelican, basically, but it's an eel. So imagine, imagine a long pelican. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's upsetting. A black swallower. That sounds icky. It, yeah, its jaws swing down to swallow objects larger than its head. And it's got a very large pouch down below. Its belly is really stretched, like, big and stretchy so that it It, can eat everything. It looks like, if you've ever seen, like, illustrations of the Buddhist, one of the levels you can be reincarnated as is a hungry ghost. It kind of looks like artistic renderings of the hungry ghost because they have that giant distended belly and that really, really thin neck. Yeah, it's it's not good. I just looked at a photo of it. So, so it Uh lives very deep. Okay. Food is scarce. Okay. So they often have to resort to eating creatures bigger than them, which is okay. why they have this big jaw, right? Okay. And this big belly. I don't like the way you're censoring but your computer sometimes screen. Sometimes these guys eat things that are so big that the animal that they ate ruptures them and they die. Oh my god! Um, so just because it can open up its jaw doesn't mean that its body can, like, it's, handle it. Its mouth and I know, was bigger than its stomach. I know you don't like body horror. This is fish horror. I have to see it. What the fuck? I know. Oh my god. Also, that's a giant fucking squid. Is that a squid? Uh, no, it's, I think it's still a fish. Oh. No. It's a giant fucking something, but oh my god. Yeah. What a fucking nightmare. I know. How did anybody leave the house in the 1600s? I don't know. <laughs> well... That's yeah. just ruined my life. Yep. Cool. Um, but luckily it lives really deep, so that's all right. So, you know, good on you, Gizmodo, and Live Science. Thank you for the horrifying nightmares. So those are actual <sighs> real sea monsters. Yay! Um, my two favorite not real sea monsters, however, are the Kraken. Oh my god! And the Hook Island Sea Monster. Ooh. So, first off, Hook Island Sea Monster, real quick, it's like a legend from 1965. Okay. It's a gigantic sea monster that resembled a terrifyingly ginormous tadpole. <laughs> <laughs> See, look at the photo. It looks like just a it giant tadpole. It does look like a tadpole. It was spotted in Stonehaven Bay, Hook Island, Queensland. Robert Lissarek, who had a run-in with the monster, said he saw it with his family in Shiphand in ni- December of 1964. And he said, my God, that's a giant tadpole. And so he's, this Frenchman had recently purchased a motorboat and decided to stay on the island for several months. Okay. And as they were crossing Stonehaven Bay on December 12th on their motorboat, they noticed a strange object uh, on the bottom of the lagoon. And so again, 30 feet long, looks like a tadpole. Great. So the family started <laughs> snapping pictures and Lesserec's first mate, a young, eventually summoned enough courage to jump in the water with intent of filming the creature. That's a brave, stupid um, man. They initially believed that the monster was dead, but they were wrong. 
When they got closer oh, and began no. filming, the serpent opened its mouth and started moving towards them. Freaking out of their minds, they returned to the safety of their boat. When they got settled back aboard the boat, the creature had f- fled. So, all those ap- aboard reported seeing a wound on the right side of the creature, and they later surmised that the creature may have been wounded by a ship's propeller in open water, or maybe mm. even in deeper water, and had decided to take refuge in the shallow lagoon to recover. He also noted that the sea creature had eyes on the top of his head, which many debunkers note is uncommon for most sea creatures. Mm. The eyes were p- pale with slit-shaped pupils. It was mostly black in color with traverse stripes. So, eventually, p- many people tried to de- debunk the theory. People were trying to say, like, it was probably, like, photo manipulation. Even oh. in the 60s, you know, you could do that. Yeah. Or it was a clever angle on, like, a large school of fish. But eventually, you know... Scientific American did, like, a very exhaustive article and on it saying, like, oh, you know, there really is no such thing. So they never quite figured out the Hook Island monster. Mm. Another one that I guess, I mean, yeah, let's say, yeah, my, my second favorite guy, or my first favorite guy, the one I always guess whenever yeah. I do. Your, your deep sea love. Yeah, my deep sea love is the Kraken. Release him. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so... Here's a little bit from Alfred Tennyson, right? Mm-hmm. Below the thunders of the upper deep, far, far beneath the imbis- in the abysmal sea, his ancient, dreamless, uninvaded sleep, the kraken sleepeth. There hath he lain for ages and will lie, until the latter fire shall heat the deep. Then once by man and angels to be seen, in roaring he shall rise on the surface die. Ugh. All right, so. That sounds great. That was, you know, Tennyson. Yeah. Being all... Old school. Old school about Krakens. So really quick, a couple of facts about Krakens. One, it came from Norwegian folklore. According to 13th century Norse legend, hero... Orvar Ordo. <laughs> okay, we need to find we a need, friend we need a who Nor- is Nor- Norway. If anybody knows a Norway podcast who can oh tell God. us how we're butchering pronunciation. I have a student in class tomorrow morning who oh! could totally, she speaks Norwegian like fluently. God damn she it. goes to Norwegian camp every summer. All right, so we're going to get the Bake podcast for our Gaelic pronunciation oh. and we're going to get the student for our Norwegian pronunciation. Okay. And then we're going to stop butchering pronunciations. <laughs> uh, so the hero and his son came into contact with two threatening creatures from the deep. No, oh, no. One of these creatures is later described in detail by uh-oh. Kunung's <laughs> skuzza. <laughs> A Norwegian it. educational text written in the same country, uh, century. Kraken comes from a Norwegian word kraka, which is probably related to the German kraka, which means octopus. Kraka. Kraka. <laughs> um, originally, it was more crab-like, while okay. modern descriptions consider it a giant squid. Uh, old accounts called it, like, having spindly appendages like a crab. I wish everyone could see the dance you're doing. <laughs> She's, like, really getting into getting... being a crab. So, you know it's coming if you see fish rise to the surface. So if you saw gurgling bubbles surfacing fish or a plethora of jellyfish, they knew something was going on down <laughs> below. So sailors would be like, Ooh, fuck, fuck. <laughs> Kraken feces works as fish bait. Oh, good to know. <laughs> Bishop Eric Pont. Topidan wrote extensively about the Kraken in his 1750s book, The Natural History of Norway. (laughs) In it, it, he proposed that this giant beast ate a great deal of fish, and therefore his waist must also be fairly fishy. (laughs) This muddy concoction, which all I can think of is just like Kraken diarrhea. Yeah, I mean, is anyone else thinking of anything else? Was allegedly so delicious smelling to other fish that they would come and congregate around it. The kraken could then pounce on its meal and produce more bait, continuing the cycle. I'm sorry. So the kraken is just perpetually shitting. shitting, And there's a party at its butthole. And then that party goers are eaten by the kraken and become the party food source. Right. What the fuck? (laughs) So many of the best minds have tried to disprove the myth. But while they're also trying to disprove the myth, people have also, oh, caught giant squids. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, squids so get big. Again, so it's hard to decide, you know, like, yeah. for them to, like, be able to debunk if they're like, well, we found one. We found other big, big squids. squids. Why can't there be one perpetually um, diarrheaing squid? So, yeah, it could, you know, have a natural explanation, right? That, sure. you know, giant squids are deep sea dwellers. They can be 300 to 600 pounds. Yeah, that's big. And they're not likely to surface. So, you know, there could be other things that 
sailors confused bubbling for like yeah. deep sea volcano events. Oh or, yeah, you know, that would bring all the fish or, up. And then the squid or would probably weird be currents, like, Bye. Yeah, dangerous yeah. currents that looked like it was bubbling. Yeah. There have been some kind, maybe fossil evidence. Oh. They're not sure. And so, you know, that's still not quite debunked yet. Yeah. And there still have been zoologists who insist that it's real. The Kraken has no magic powers. So even Damn. though it's a mythical creature, it doesn't really have any... Yeah. Some some modern-day storytellers try to create the story that's like, oh, if you find the Kraken and you catch it, it'll grant you a wish so you'll, like, leave it alone or whatever. Oh, yeah. But, you know. There's a lot of um, those in the sea, allegedly. Right. A couple of sailors who live to tell the tale <laughs> say that the dangerous part after you defeat the Kraken or you flee from the Kraken is that when it comes back down into the water, its tentacles will conjure, like, a whirlpool, and then oh. the whirlpool sucks the ships into the sea. And then some people say there's more than one Kraken. Sure. My favorite Kraken is the rum. <laughs> <laughs> but tune into our other podcast, right. My Favorite Kraken. For My favorite Kraken, right? <laughs> And then, yeah, so, you know, people, Kraken is probably the most famous undersea creature that we've got right now that's still uh, mythological. Mm -hmm. From Tor, the list that you got. Yeah! um, Some of my favorite ones that I saw on the list. First was Blinky the Three-Eyed Fish from The Simpsons. I deliberately did not put that one in there, but I was like, Sasha would be so happy. This Tor list, they're like... It is a champion list. It is, but their, their, their definition for sea monster is that it's literally just like a monster that's in the sea an awesome water-dwelling creature that we perceive as being monstrously cool. Mm -hmm. So, like, what was on that list? There were a couple of really funny ones. One was Michael Phelps. Yeah, that was my... (laughs) I put that at the list because (laughs) I I was like, yes! I put that on our Instagram story because I was like, this seems legit. (laughs) Um, Ursula the Sea Witch. Queen. From Disney's The Little Mermaid. The Yakumama... Are you doing that one? No. No, okay. It's a giant one. water snake from South American mythology. It lives in the Amazon, and oh. it will eat anything that gets close to it. Mood. Um, Sharktopus. Classic. The Rock Lobster <laughs> from the B-52's song, Rock Lobster. <laughs> the Qualupalic from Inuit mythology. Yep. We talked about this earlier. We did. Look, With its creepy we gotta post a picture. It's gonna yeah. be. It's it's good. That's why I picked it. We'll put we'll put a lot of pictures in this week's yeah. Instagram post. The Piranaconda. <laughs> Exactly what it sounds like. It's a giant snake merged with a piranha. And there were two of them in the movie, Piranaconda. Uh, Oh, good. Do they fight each other? Probably. I hope so. Uh, Moby Dick from the novel Moby Dick. (laughs) It's a misunderstood white whale who only wants to give Captain Ahab a love tap. Aww. Mega Shark from Mega Shark vs. Giant giant Octopus octopus. and Mega Shark vs. Crocosaurus. Oh, not Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark, though? Oh, then also probably that, too. Yeah. I have seen that one. That one's great. Lion Turtle from Avatar The Last Airbender. It's yep. giant, ancient, looks like an island, and gives good advice. Yeah. The Land Shark from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> it's a deadly creature that will get into your apartment and eat you no problem. I'm the plumber. I've come to fix the sink. The Jaguar Shark from The Life Aquatic. Yep. Right? It's the mur- murdered Nemesis. Esteban and enemy of Steve Zissou. Yep. It reminds, remembers you. Dino Shark from Up From The Depths. The Dobar Shark. Oh, this is, see, this is where I needed help from Bake. Oh, no. Because it's from Irish oh, folklore. Oh, no. The Dabarchu. Sure. Chu? Sure. Um, <laughs> it's a monstrous water hound. It's a dog and otter combo it's thing. It's going to be like deer shoe or something. Bullshit right. like that. <laughs> help us, Bake. Please, you're our only hope. The terrible dogfish from Le Vesche de Pinocchio. Um, <laughs> or Pinocchio. <laughs> So in the book, it's the thing that swallows Pinocchio, but in the Disney version, it's called Monstro and looks more like a whale. It's a whale, yeah. And also, it's the worst level in Kingdom Hearts history. It's also a really terrible, it used to be a really terrible ride at Disneyland that may or may not have traumatized a young Courtney. <laughs> and then there's Gojira. Gojira! From the movie Gojira, which I can pronounce. Yeah. Because I- You are from there. I'm from there. And then the last one on my list was, as you said before, Michael Phelps, a humanoid able to travel amazing speeds in the water, <laughs> resides only in human-constructed bodies of water. Yeah. So, sea monsters. Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is definitely a sea monster. He's definitely a sea monster. He's definitely something. He's got weird body proportions if he's not a sea monster. Michael Phelps, at us and prove us wrong if you're not a sea monster. (laughs) That's what I thought. So that's been... Sea monster. sea monster hour with Sasha. That that's was a been... lot more talking than I thought I was going to do. That's more talking than I've done in most episodes. <laughs> that's been my favorite Kraken with Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good news is I only have one cryptid that I'm going to be talking about because I fell down a deep 
deep rabbit hole because this Ooh. one has such a story. It is the OG of lake monsters. It is my oceanic cryptid love of my life. <laughs> it is, of course, the Loch Ness Monster Yay! over in Scotland. I apologize in advance if I attempt to do the accent. As we all know, I can only do like one and a half accents. <laughs> so this is mostly thanks to History.com and as always, Wikipedia. And this, there was so much more story to the Loch Ness Monster than I ever realized. And it makes me love Nessie even more. Nessie's a good one. She's she's my queen. Loch Ness is the largest body of fresh water in the UK. So it's a big ass lake that spans about 23 miles wide and it's nearly 800 feet deep at its deepest point. Mm. So it's just a big ass pile of water. Right. So that's why if there's something in there, we maybe don't know. As early as 500 AD, the Picts noticed something odd lurking in those murky waters. Some strange aquatic creature that they carved into the standing stones near the loch. In fact, that's what this looks like. Oh. Like there's something weird in our local loch. So according to the biography of St. Columba, who is the Irish missionary who brought Christianity to Scotland, in 565 AD, he was traveling to visit the king of the northern Picts. He stopped at Loch Ness after tales of a beast that had been killing people in the loch. When the monster went to attack another person, St. Columba invoked the name of God and commanded the monster to go back with all speed. <laughs> that was supposed to be Irish. It came out. I don't even know what. <laughs> the monster never attacked another man again. So Nessie respects God's will, I guess. Yeah. Well, starting in the 1930s, there was a road built along the shore of Loch Ness and drivers could now cruise along and enjoy a beautiful view of the loch. Yeah, why not? But that also upped the sightings of something spoopy in them waters. Hmm. On May 2nd, 1933, the Inverness Courier reported on an odd sighting. A couple driving along the lock saw what they termed an enormous animal rolling and plunging on the surface. Hmm. Suddenly, Loch Ness exploded with activity. The story of the sighting of what would come to be known as the Loch Ness Monster became a media circus with correspondence coming from as far away as London. Mm. It was even a literal circus because a local circus offered 20,000 pounds as a reward for capturing the monster. So it was media circus, literal circus. Literal. Literal. Interest only grew after Nessie was spotted in 1933. Mm -hmm. George Spicer and his wife saw the beast, which they described as a most extraordinary form of animal, crossing the road one day. And then I put in my notes, probably to get to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> the Spicer said the creature had a body that was about 25 feet long and 4 feet tall. The creature's neck was wavy and narrow and comparable to an elephant's trunk but longer. They guessed it was about 10 to 12 feet wide because they said it took up the entire road. Right. So they were like, it's like the width of the road, which is like 10 to 12 feet. The Spicer saw no limbs, so no fins, no legs, nothing. Right. Just kind of a wiggly snake dude, just like doing his wiggly snake thing. Yeah. They said that the monster lurched across the road and left a trail of broken undergrowth in its wake. So then in December 1933, and this is where the story gets Fucking awesome. The Daily Mail hired a man named Marmaduke Weatherell. Marmaduke Weatherell. To capture the beast. I love it. Marmaduke, other having the world's most ridiculous and best Marmaduke. name ever, was a big game hunter by trade. And so the Daily Mail hired him because they wanted to capture Nessie. So they were like, Marmaduke, my bro, we're going to throw some money at you. You think you can go get us this dinosaur motherfucker? So Marmaduke went to the lock and he spent several days searching for any sign of the monster. He told the Daily Mail that he found large footprints in the shore of the lock and that the footprints belonged to, quote, a very powerful soft-footed animal about 20 feet long. I like that it's powerful and soft-footed. I mean, you can be delicate even if you're big. It's okay. Nessie is my girl. She's so Champion. I love her. Champion. Champion. The Daily Mail then took this story and ran with it like it stole it. And they <laughs> put it under the headline, Monster of Loch Ness is not a legend, but a fact. Very subtle. Britannica.com points out that shortly after this all came out, mm -hmm. zoologists with the Natural History Museum determined that the tracks were probably a hoax because they seem to have been made by either an umbrella stand or an ashtray that had a hippopotamus foot as a base. I love it. So they probably, so 
Marmaduke or the Daily Mail or some other local prankster who wanted to fuck with the British invaders just took this ashtray and went, stop, 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 stop. Look at these big feet, motherfucker. I love it. But the damage was done, even though zoologists with the Natural History Museum were like, guys, 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 this is totally fake. Everybody was like, fuck you, it's real. So tourists began flocking to Loch Ness to try and spot the beastie from the seastie. The beastie (laughs) from the seastie. People took boats out on the lock and waited, or they would sit in deck chairs on the shore waiting for any sign of the monster. And then, in 1934, the holy grail of Nessie sightings happened. Robert Kenneth Wilson, a London gynecologist. Yes. A detail that's unnecessary, but that I wanted to include because he's a fucking gynecologist. I, I love it. He snapped a photo of the head and neck of Nessie while it was chilling in the water. Initially, Wilson didn't want his name associated with the photo, so colloquially, it is known as the surgeon's photograph. The surgeon's photograph. Because in the UK, at least at the time, I don't know if it's Mm. still true, you don't call doctors doctors, they're all surgeons. Surgeons. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, this is the photo most commonly associated with Nessie. So that grainy head and neck. Yep, this guy. That one. Yep. Where it's like, oh, there's a thing in them, our waters. I bet it was like this big. It was like a little stick. We're about to get into (gasps) it. Yes! This photo is what led to a common theory about Nessie, that it is the lone survivor of none other than the plesiosaurs. Yeah. 65 million years after the rest of the family died. Others have guessed that Nessie is an archaeocyte, which is a type of primitive whale thing that has a serpentine neck and that has only been extinct for 18 million years, so slightly more plausible than plesiosaurs. Of course, other people say what people are seeing in Loch Ness are actually... Oh, fuck. Seiches, which are weird patterns in the water surface. It's S-E-I-C-H-E-S. Seiches. So basically, the river Ness is really cold. So even though the lock isn't warm, it's slightly warmer. So when water flows in from the river into the lock, it causes this weird pattern on the water surface Uh, that kind of makes it look like maybe there's something rippling under there when it's just weird water shit. So, in 1993, the documentary team behind Loch Ness Discovered, that I now need to see, analyzed the uncropped image of the surgeon's photo and found that the object thought to be Nessie was actually a small object, probably being towed, which would cause the ripples. ripples. So, good call. They couldn't rule out that it was also just a flaw in the negative. So, like, he just took a picture of the lock and then was like, oh my god, there's a thing, when it's just, like, a weird Weird splotch. splotch, yeah. Since 1994, the photo has been found to be a hoax, having been faked, hold on to it because it's about to get fucking bananas, it's been faked with a toy submarine designed by the son-in-law of none other than Marmaduke Weatherell. (sighs) So this son-in-law conspired with Marmaduke himself, an insurance agent, and a sculpture specialist for what I'd call a sort of Ocean's Eleven of Loch Ness Monster Hoaxes. I love anything that's Ocean's Eleven related. (laughs) It seems that this was in the hope of redeeming Marmaduke's tarnished reputation, which was ruined when the Natural History Museum was like, these footprints were a lie, he probably fucking did it himself. So then everybody was like, this Marmaduke guy's a fucking clown, and not just because he has a very silly name. And I want to write a fun rhyming headline about him. Marmaduke. Yeah. Yeah. Marmaduke, Marma flukes into obscurity. I don't know. I don't that know. was that was an attempt. I Leslie noped it hard. It's also speculated that Marmaduke okayed this sort of heisty thing as revenge because the Natural History Museum and everybody else called right. Marmaduke a liar. And he was like, I know how to prove that I'm not a liar. I'll fucking lie. Right. <laughs> Makes sense. So the toy in question had been modified with wood putty. So they took a little submarine, they added wood putty to give the appearance of a head and neck, and then they took it on a trial run at a local pond. And from Mm. what I could tell, they were like, let's pull it around and see if it works. And they were like, it totally looks like it could be a monster. (laughs) So then they took their toy to the lock, where they took the surgeon's photo from a tea house nearby. But then they heard a water bailiff approaching, and I think a water bailiff is just like a cop, but for water. Water cups. (laughs) On an all-new water cups. So Marmaduke, (laughs) hearing the water bailiff coming, kind of panicked, and he sank the model with his foot, sending fake Nessie to a watery grave. Poor fake Nessie. And one of the conspirators was like, it's probably still down there somewhere, because we just sank it. We didn't go back and get it. Right. The insurance agent then gave the photo plates to Surgeon Wilson, who loved a good practical joke, and he took them to get developed. He then sold the first photo to, do you want to guess? The Daily Mail. Ah, 
Yes, of course. As just the ultimate form of revenge. And then you have all the super obvious hoaxes that were either immediately revealed to be hoaxes. Obviously, this photo was taken, you know, 60 years before it became commonly known that this is just an elaborate bullshit prank. Yeah. But one guy took a picture that he said was of Nessie, but it kind of looked like a dog's head. And people also at the lock that day were like, yeah, that dude brought his lab. And they were like playing around in the water. So people are like, okay, he took a picture of his dog and said it was Nessie. Another tourist captured three minutes of film on what he said was Nessie, but it actually turned out to be some sort of floating thing. So not even a living thing, just some sort of like weird branch. Yeah. Then in May 1977, Anthony Doc Shields camped out next to the Urquhart Castle and took some of the clearest photos of Nessie that have ever been seen. But Shields is also a magician and a psychic who also claimed he summoned the monster out of the water. So yeah. maybe not super credible. Not, maybe not the best, not, not the most credible. No. He said that everybody was wrong about what Nessie was and that it was actually an elephant squid and that the long neck isn't a neck at all. It's a trunk. Actually? <laughs> Actually, you guys are all wrong about how monsters work. And he said that the eye of Nessie is at the base of the trunk, but the photos he took had no lake water ripples, so everyone refers to these obvious fakes as the Loch Ness Muppet. I love it. <laughs> the Loch Ness Muppet. Yes. I watched that movie. And this is where I put in my notes, but the Sarch continues. The Sarch continues. The Sarch continues. Maybe that's me trying to be Scottish. The Sarch continues. That kind of worked. Maybe. I'm so tired. Yes, you are. In a National Geographic article published on May 23rd of this fucking year, so when you're listening to this six days ago, (laughs) a group of scientists announced that they're going to find Nessie the same way they found the Golden State Killer. With DNA. Oh, I thought you were going to (laughs) say... With with Ancestry.com. With true crime writers. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Now, so starting in April 2018, an international research team has been collecting water samples from the loch. Next month, they're going to take all the DNA that they can out of these samples, hoping at least in part to find a sequence that could match... The Majestic Beast. Quick, everyone go to the lock and pee in it. (laughs) You could be Nessie! (gasps) Protect Nessie. (laughs) Protect her at all costs. But we're going to have to wait a while for results regardless. The researchers expect to announce their findings in January 2019. And, oh, there's another typo. Expect that mostly they will be calling attention to environmental DNA, which is a new field where they try to categorize and label all the organisms in an Mm -hmm. ecosystem for what they term a genetic snapshot. So basically we can look at an entire ecosystem and be like, this is all the shit that's in there based on what leaves their DNA in the lake. Essentially, they're going to use kraken diarrhea and figure out what's going on in there. Yeah, kraken diarrhea. So it's exciting times for Nessie. And then this is my closeout paragraph, and it's also an entreaty to any rich people who may be listening to our podcast. I have never seen Nessie, but if someone wants to give me money, I will happily go to Scotland and search her out. Incidentally, I also just really want to go to Scotland. Amazing. I even had Threadless's Loch Ness imposter tea in high school, which is the one where you see the Loch Ness monster head coming out of the lake, and then underneath it, it's a giant squid holding it on a stick. So it's like, hee hee hee, it's a puppet. So I had that shirt. It was one of my favorite shirts in high school, and I loved it so much that I even wore it in my passport photo. So if you look at my passport photo from when I was 17, not the most recent one, you will see my Loch Ness Imposter t-shirt because I am wearing it in my passport photo. So... Lock Poster. Lock Poster. Go ahead and send me some money and I will go to Scotland and find Nessie. I'm sure we have some sort of venture capitalist with money to burn yeah. listening, right? Yeah. 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 Sure. So email spoopour at gmail.com, <laughs> venture capitalist, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at spoopour. <laughs> so that's all I have on Nessie. Yeah. Ask Courtney for her Venmo name and yeah. Venmo us some money. I will give you my last name that nobody with this who only knows me through this podcast knows. I will give it to you in exchange for money to go to Scotland. It's a low, low price. It's a low. It's the, that's the lowest. <laughs> the price. low. It's as low as it's ever gonna go, folks. Because after that, it gets expensive. Because then it's like I also want to go to Iceland and Japan and China and all of these other places and Australia again. Basically, I want to go everywhere. Give me money. <laughs>
Cool. Cool. That's what you're using podcasts for, right? Right. Money. Making money. Yep. Exactly. Not because we want to talk about spoopy things. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks for joining <laughs> us for another hour of spoop chat and only a little bit of money begging. <laughs> right. So again, next week we'll be having a mini episode. It will be our Ouija experience. And then the week after that will be our Q&A. So feel free to send us, keep sending your, us your spooky stories so that we have things to talk about yes. in the coming weeks after we're all settled into our new place. Yep. And if how- you have a question Ooh. and you are listening to this like early in the day, basically by 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on or Monday, Eastern May 29th. By, um, on Tuesday when this goes Tuesday, live. Tuesday, May 29th. By 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, if you have a question, email it to spoophour at gmail.com. Or DM us on Twitter, because we will be recording that episode when this one goes live in the evening. Mm -hmm. So you still have a chance to ask us which one of us had a unibrow in middle school. Spoiler alert, it was both of us. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) We've got them under control now. Yeah, I was waiting to be like, yeah, it was both of us, and you you did answer the correct... (laughs) I wanted to make sure that you remembered that I had a unibrow. Yeah, we bonded over this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we're hairy. We are very hairy. Who are actually just, like, Bigfoots. We are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm Momo the Fart Monster. That's right, which is a Bigfoot. Yeah. And then I guess I'm a Yeti. Yes. I I relate strongly to that. So this is Yeti and Momo signing off. Thanks for listening. Hey! Welcome to ShambleFest. I'm Jess. I'm Amber. And we are your one-stop weekly shop for news shambles. We're a weekly WTF and current events comedy podcast. We drop episodes every Monday morning. Tune in. Shamble on! Hey, Sasha. What the fuck was that? (laughs) Hey, Sasha. Hey, Sasha. (laughs) Damn it! No! Damn it! Uh. Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. I forgot the joke. Shit. <laughs> <laughs>